Hello, football fans. I'm Cameron Songer, joined today by Ken's5.com sports writer David Flores. We're previewing the 2019 high school football season. David, we're talking about the season starting in just days now. Yeah, it's days away, and it's always uh, it's a ride of, of late summer. You know, what would it be like uh, if we didn't have these uh, preseason workouts with the kids uh, practicing in 100-degree weather? And that's just the temperature, and it feels like more than, <laughs> than that and stuff. But it's really uh, every year is, is, is really a... Uh, a crucible, so to speak. You know, they've got to get through it. It's a trial, trial, uh, and and uh, but once they come out of it, it's uh, it amazes me how they can get through all that. You know, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you are too. Absolutely, those long hot days will have a payoff with the uh, the Friday night, Thursday night, and I guess also Saturday night lights right. at times as well. Right. Let's jump right into it. Uh, we'll start with District 26 6A, and that's one of those districts where there's it seems to be a pretty clear favorite this year in the Judson Rockets. Yes, I think I think that they are. It's although you know Steele is going to be pretty good. You know they got Jalen Jones who's committed to A&M, who's just a tremendous uh, player. He's a cornerback, and they've got their quarterback back, uh, Brady Beal. That's Steele, but then Judson, of course, has got Mike Chandler the second back at, at quarterback. They've got some uh, some tremendous athletes and. I know it's cliche, and here's the first one of the season, but uh, <laughs> the Jets and Rockets don't rebuild, they reload. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get that, that one out of the way. So, uh, yeah, Jets is going to be good. They've got, of course, they're starting a, under a new coach, Rodney Williams, who had been their uh, offense coordinator for uh, these last few seasons, uh, was promoted to interim head coach. But it'll probably be the – he's you know, that's Sean McAuliffe, believe it or not, when uh, the guy he's replacing uh, who, who went to uh, the Houston area to coach. He was a, kind of appointed the interim coach, and there he stayed for five years. So uh, he's going to do a good job. Rodney Williams is, is a great guy. He's got a way with those kids. He's got a good, uh, he, he's got a good rapport uh, and, with them. And, and like I said, he's replacing Sean McCullough, who went to uh, uh, Cypress Ranch. That's where he went to, Houston Cypress Ranch. And so from one power to another. One power to one power to another. They're going to be good. But then look at that that district. What do you say? Uh, what, what would you say? Uh, 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 camera is probably arguably the toughest district in our area as far as the, the, when I say toughest I mean the quality of the teams you know, you've got there there's there's Smith a lot of depth Valley, there Clemens. yeah I mean really there are no off nights yeah. in district 26 6a and Judson and Steele right off the bat you know that's two games that are really tough uh, if yeah. you're any other team in the district and right. when those two teams face off man that's a battle that's a battle that's that's a great that's a great game I think this year they'll be meeting at Lenhoff Stadium uh, you know Smithson Valley has uh, under its belt some Appearances in the state finals, albeit in the, in the second highest classification. Uh, Steele has won a state championship. Uh, Jetson has won, what, five or six at all? And so Clements is certainly no, no slouch. And then uh, uh, I think we're picking, as far as the offensive player of the year, preseason, we're saying we're going to throw it out there. We're going to go with, with uh, Mike Chandler, you know, from, from Jetson. He's, he's just good. He's going to take another step. He's, uh, this year he transferred from Johnson last year. So he's part of that. He knows the system better. He has a good command of the offense. And then, of course, defensively, you got to go with Jalen Jones, who is good. And not only is he our preseason player of the year, but he was the Texas football. They have, you know how they have that super team? He was the high school, not six, eight, all that, the whole super team. He was the player of the year of the whole state. So he must be a dude. That's what they, that's what they call real good players, right? A dude. He's a dude. Yeah, Steele has that history of creating, uh, developing really good defensive backs. Right. Uh, and then talking about that Judson offense, again, though, Sincere McCormick, obviously uh, the running back from a year ago, at UTSA now, right. so that's a big hole to fill. Uh, yeah. But like you said, the, the Rockets are reloaded. Yeah, and they, they also lost uh, Rashawn uh, Wisdom, who's uh, safety, who's at, at UTSA. But you know they've got so many good backs. They'll 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 pull they'll pull one out of the PE class or whatever, and, and, and come up <laughs> with a good with a good running back. 
Uh, looking at the rest of that district pretty quickly, I think the, the really interesting fight for that will be for that last playoff spot, that number four spot. You have Clemens, New Braunfels, uh, New Braunfels Canyon, East Central, and San Marcos. I think any of them could be there. I think right now we're saying Clemens probably has the inside track for that fourth spot, but man, that could come down to one game or really yeah. one quarter. If they should fall, falter, uh, New Braunfels is getting better. They're, they're getting better. They're coached by Glenn Mangold, who was an assistant for years under Jim Streety, who was at Madison, you know, the winningest coach in, in the area, area history. Of course, he's the athletic director there now. Keep your eye on East Central. You know, they're, they're, they've got a good coach, Joe, Joe Hubbard, over there. Does a tremendous job uh, with uh, with the Hornets. Uh, they could, if things fall in place, uh, they could make some noise in, in the district race. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, uh, but like the coaches say, you better bring it every week because it's going to be, you've got the top the top tier. But let me tell you, the, the that 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 bottom half is not all that bad. Before we jump to the next district, we'll talk really quick about the second year now of this current realignment, which has the San Antonio area teams taking on the Austin teams pretty early in the playoffs, David. Right, right. And, well, last year, Judson was, had a 12-0 record. They had a good ball club, but they ran into Lake Travis again, and they lost the state quarterfinals. And so that's, uh, that's, that's a mountain right there. That, that's a tough nut to crack. Lake Travis has got a, Austin Lake Travis has got a tremendous program. But it's going to happen sooner or later. J Judson has beaten Houston area teams and state semifinals and all. But, you know, right now the burden proof is on the San Antonio teams. And we can talk a little bit about Westlake. They, they beat another team, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. District 27-6A, another really good, pretty deep district in San Antonio. Uh, Reagan is, looks like our preseason pick, but this is one I think is, could be a little bit more wide open. I think so. It is wide open. There was a time that Reagan owned that district championship. They won four consecutive district championships under... David Wetzel, who is now on the staff at Baylor, and then they got knocked off uh, the first year he left. Uh, they got knocked off by uh, Johnson. Johnson won a uh, district in their 10th year of existence. That's how they capped their 10th year of existence. They won their district championship. Uh, you know, and then last year, Madison kind of, I'm not going to say it came out of nowhere. Madison had been struggling for a few years after since Jim Streety left, and they came back and they won. So uh, it's been a two-year absence uh, for Reagan. Not that they've been chopped liver. They've still They've won nine games, and, and they've, been, they've been tough, but they haven't won district. And those kids, they won it back. <laughs> yeah, both Madison and Reagan reaching the area round last year. Johnson right. and Churchill were the other two playoff teams out of 27-6A. Really interesting to see how this district will shake out. Reagan brings back a lot of skill and size, uh, but Madison, like you said, the defending champs until someone knocks them off. They've got to replace, they've got to replace the, the, the quarterback, you know, Dante Hagens, who was really, really good. He's over to Incarnate Word. I think he's playing wide receiver is not a quarterback but his brother uh his brother is uh our preseason defense player of the year he's a safety Deshaun Hagens uh, he's tough he's a really really good player and and uh and then of course Travis Staley who is committed to play baseball at Texas he's a heck of a baseball player he's their quarterback and he started last year he's a tough hombre he's a good 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 uh, good quarterback and what I kept hearing when I when I was working on that district every coach without any you know uh just unsolicited, told me the team to watch out for is Roosevelt. And Roosevelt hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. I think it's been six straight years that they haven't been in the playoffs, at least that long. But Matt Carroll does a heck of a job. They've, you know, they've had injuries. They've, 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 you know, they've, they've been young at times. But everybody's saying they, they lost a lot of close games last year in the fourth quarter. Watch them. They could really, uh, they could really make some noise. And then that district race said, you know, well, I, we have a pegged, we have a pegged as finishing fourth. But, you know, they could move up. And then, of course, Johnson is Johnson. Ron Ritterman at Johnson does a heck of a job. He's one of the best coaches in the city. Yeah, uh, Roosevelt last year finishing four and six. 
Uh, Churchill got that last playoff spot, but they, do, they don't have a lot of returning talent. I think that's one we could look at and say, hey, Roosevelt kind of slips yeah. with Churchill there it, in the middle of the Yeah, pack. if Roosevelt falters, if, if they stumble, uh, Churchill will be there, you know, to, to pick it up and go and stuff because Ron Harris does. And, you know, Churchill's Churchill. They've got a winning habit. They've got a. They've got the championship pedigree. You know. And further down in that district, South Sand. It was their first time, or it was their first year playing in that realigned district. Uh, they finished two and eight, and Lee uh, right now on an 18-game losing streak. So there's some interesting stuff at the bottom of that district uh, in terms of the teams that s sort of struggled last year. Uh, but another, like 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 we said, with other districts, tough from top to bottom. You never. You never. Yeah. You never know. Uh, Lee. I tell you what. They, they've lost 18 in a row, but. Those kids play hard every week. They just don't have the numbers that, that the other that the other schools have. And Danny Close, their coach, what an inspirational leader. He, he's starting, I think, his tenth season there. He's a cancer survivor. He had he had cancer about ten years ago, and uh, after what he's been through, you know, he just kind of whenever those kids make excuses, hey, he says all oh, this is just gravy for me, you know. And he he's a he he's a league graduate. He so he loves the school. He's got this uh, this uh, emotional bond, you know, with with Lee High School and. You won't find a better guy, a better coach, and he really connects with those kids. Those kids play for him every weekend. I have to say this about South Sand. You know, South Sand, I feel for them. In the last realignment, they're going, where are we going to put South Sand? So they stuck them over here. <laughs> they're South Sand. That means South San Antonio. They put them over here north in the Northeast uh, District, but they play hard. Uh, coach Kurtz does a great job over there, and they get a lot of compliments throughout the district that they're very fundamentally sound. It's one of those things now where you're looking at the second year of a realignment that out of the two-year cycle. There's that familiarity that wasn't there a year ago uh, could be there a little bit more, and that's that could work for and against certain teams throughout yeah. the the whole region. Right, right. Yeah, that realignment. Whoever whoever does that, there's a lot of things I wouldn't want to do. That may be at the top of my list. I wouldn't want to be in charge of the realignment because how do you do that? I mean, it's just, it's just tough. It's just tough. You it know? seems like that's like a referee where it, the yeah, only nobody, time you're doing it right is if no one notices yeah, what you're doing. Because you know people are going to be upset and all that kind of stuff. Not everybody's going to be happy. District 28-6A now as we continue going through the San Antonio districts in the 6A uh, classification. Uh, this is the, the Northside ISD, O'Connor, Brandeis, Brandeis, O'Connor. How do they stack up this year? I tell you what, uh, the last couple of years, uh, uh, O'Connor's won. They've been perfect in, in, in the uh, in, in district play, and so they, they've they've uh, they've won at least 18 uh, 18 consecutive games right right there as far as district games. And I don't know how many they won the previous year. Forgive me for not having that number, but we know they've won at least 18. It's a lot. They, they win it's a lot. They're good. Uh, you know, David Molesky uh, is starting his tenth season there as head coach. He's he's very very. Uh, uh, very fundamental. His players are all very intense. He's a Judson graduate, played on their first state championship team in, in '83. But then you have Brandeis with, uh, uh, you know, David Branscombe, who's a heck of a heck of a coach. And last year they went 11 and three, made it to the state quarterfinals. This is where the other Austin school comes in. Uh, they lost to uh, uh, Austin Westlake in the state quarterfinals, and that 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 knocked them off. But, it, but like I told him, uh, uh, just saw him this morning, and I, I said, you know, anytime you go. Four rounds of the playoffs, which is the state quarterfinals. That's a good. That's a good season. But they're not. They're not happy. They're not going to be uh, happy with that. But that's really, uh, Cameron. When you get right down to it, that's our Big Ten. There are ten schools. Count them. Ten. Ten schools, and you only play one. Obviously, you only play one non-district game, and then you you jump. You jump right into it, and uh, boy, it's it's a tough. Uh, it's a tough district. And, you know, the the offensive player of the year is Jordan Battles, who keep your eye on uh, next year. We'll be talking a lot more about this young man. He's a junior, and he's he started last year. He's just a tremendous athlete. 
He's a he's a classic. Uh, this kind of offense that they run, where they spread people out, and they, you know, the the dual the dual threat quarterback, the, the zone read. He can do it all. He could throw. You know, he's he's tough. He's already you know getting a lot of getting a lot of looks from recruiters. And then and then the def defensive player of the year is none other than Frank Wilson the fourth. And if Frank Wilson that name, <laughs> yes, he's the son of the UTSA football coach. He's a he's a, a heck of a player. He transferred there last year. Uh, started out in Central Catholic, and then he transferred. And uh, he's a, a, a very, very good defensive player. So those two, those two teams are good, but by no means, I mean, just, yeah, talk about the rest of the teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really quick, though, before we get to that, Frank Wilson, I believe, committed to UTSA. Yes. No yeah. surprise. Yeah, no surprise here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jordan Battles, the numbers he put up last year, breaking all kinds of records for Brandeis as a sophomore quarterback. Yes. The, the amount of time he still has, uh, it, hope you're not tired of hearing his name because you're going to hear it a lot more. <laughs> But yeah, there, there's plenty of offensive talent uh, in this district, and and, and uh, the uh, O'Connor's got a player Parr, his first name uh, Logan Parr. Logan Parr, who's committed. Uh, thank you, who's committed to UT. Yeah. So they they're, they're you know uh, a little quick aside here. We've got talented players down here that are that are FBS quality players. We just don't have obviously as many as Houston and the Dallas, the Metroplex, because hello, they have more people. Than <laughs> a lot more. Their people. talent pool is a lot deeper. But we've got you know relatively speaking, we've got a lot of good players here. Yeah, this, the rest of this district, I mean, last year, O'Connor ran the table. Warren, Brennan, and Brandeis all made the playoffs at 7-2 and two in district. Yeah. It feels like this is a district where there might be a little bit of a gap between those, those playoff teams, those four playoff teams, yeah. and then uh, teams 5 through 10. There, some of these yeah. teams have had some, uh, some struggles in terms of building yeah. a consistent program year after year. Uh, Holmes, Marshall, Taft. Clark. Uh, and, Clark. A little bit of a downswing right now, but it only takes one year. It only takes, takes one, one year. It takes one year, and and I have to say something about Brennan. You know, they, they their coach Steve Bazer does a does a heck of a job there, and and uh, uh, they've been to the state finals. You know, uh, like I said earlier, albeit in the second largest classification, I believe it was in 2013, they lost to the state finals. But uh, they're 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 good. They've got a tradition there, and then Warren is good. You know, Warren Warren uh, is, uh, their their coach uh, uh, Jeff Robbins does a heck of a job, and. You know, the reason we bring up coaching, maybe we could say that, is it, uh, is it kind of, you know, on high school level, coaching means a lot. I mean, the players win the game. But at this level, coaching is very, very important because, obviously, it's the, it's the kind of the foundation, the start of it and all. But, but no, you're right. You bring up a good point about the bottom, the bottom half. And I might mention, too, Cameron, that Stevens is opening a, a new era, so to speak, or a new uh, – Anthony Boykin is, is the coach there. He came over from Marshall. And then Clark is starting also with a new coach, J.L. Geist, I believe, who came from uh, Stafford uh, Dulles, who I believe is the alma mater of Jack Acosta, who played football there, played defensive end. Shout our, out. Our news, our news Shout director. out to our news director. Our news director, five, I yeah. believe, played for the Stafford Dulles Vikings. I, I knew a guy uh, when I played ball for a year, Tex Lutheran, that was from Dulles, and that's why I remember he was proud of the Mighty Vikings. <laughs> so there you go. You mentioned uh, the importance of coaching. One of the things that uh, you know, people who watch the, the Netflix series uh, Last Chance You, the, the coach at Independence, he would he's, he liked to say uh, the coaching doesn't really matter. It's about the the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. Yeah. You think in, in high school that's not necessarily the case? No, I mean no coach wins without you. Got to have talent, <laughs> obviously. You, you, you know, like they say, uh, I've had coaches tell me the talent. Sure does help the quality of life when you go home. <laughs> you know, the, the, and the your household is a lot happier if you have talent. But, but by this, but by the same token, and you know, you know how this goes. This pertains even to college and, and the pros. You can have talent and not win. 
Oh yeah. The, the road is littered with the hopes and dreams of talented teams that did not make it, you know, that, that, that did not make it to the, uh, to the big show. And then you, you give me a team that's got some talent, some pretty good talent, and then some really good coaching and, and that they, you know, it's, there's a lot of variables involved, of course. You have the kids have got to play for each other. You've got to have a little luck. You got to stay healthy and all, and all that kind of stuff. But the coaching, I, I, I guess I say because at that level, these kids are very, they're kids. It's a very oh, yeah, impressionable and, and 50 age. something, 16, 17, 16, and 18 Your, your livelihood yeah. dep depends on that <laughs> and stuff. And so these coaches, by and large, try to do a good job in, in bringing these kids along. Quick mention now of District 12 5A. It's a, a pretty big geographic district. We do have one team uh, from the San Antonio area in that district, and those are uh, the Seguin Matadors. That's a tough league. Boy, you got Dripping Springs, Austin LBJ, you know, that some, some of the Austin area teams. Uh, Seguin, we might mention, since we mentioned Coach Wilson earlier, is coached by Travis Bush, who was UTSA's first offense coordinator. And then he left after one or two seasons. and. Uh, uh, he went and coached at college and even had a stint with the Buffalo Bills, I think, as an assistant. But he's now back. He's been back for a few, for a few years at Seguin. And I, there was a time that Seguin was really, really good. They got it going. And you, that's one of those situations where it's a one high school town. So if they get it going, they start winning, that whole town will go, you know, like they did back in the 60s and early 70s. You know, they really, of course, that's a long time ago, but still. They made their first playoff appearance since 2006. And, yeah, there was, there was some energy yeah. in, in Seguin yeah. last year. District 13-5A, D1, this is kind of a one-team district in terms of when you're talking about the playoff picture. Well said. It's Wagner and then everybody else. Yeah, boy, Wagner. Remember Wagner? Wagner was in 6A. You know that district that we talked about a while ago, the, the arguably the toughest district with Judson, Steele, uh, uh, Smithson Valley, Clemens? Wagner was in that district. And, of course, they're in the Judson ISD, so they're a sister school of Judson High School. And uh, they were dropped to 5A because they didn't have, the, obviously, the enrollment, the numbers for 6A. But, oh boy, i tell you what, uh, they didn't play like a 5A team They, they took advantage of uh, the oh. arguably uh, weaker competition last year. Now right. those teams have had a year to see them, right. maybe game plan for them a little bit, but that's much easier said than done. Yeah, they had to put them in somewhere, so they wound <laughs> up putting them in the district with the SISD schools. Uh, and then Veterans Memorial is the third high school, the Judson ISD. Uh, it's coached by uh, Coach Mendoza, and uh, uh, they, 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 do, they do a heck of a job. They, I think they went 8-4. and four. They went 8-4. and four. They, they, went, yeah. uh, they finished runner-up, and they went two rounds into the, into the playoffs. And, and this, well, what did Wagner do? Well, Wagner, all they did was, you know, go all the way to the state semifinals, and they lost one game. That was to Judson. It was 35-28, to 28, but the Judson people are always quick to tell me that they were way ahead, but they kind of let up a little bit, and <laughs> Wagner came back. But it was, it was a 35-28. It was a seven-point game. But uh, uh, Wagner's has, has got, they've got some talent. L.J. Butler, sophomore fullback last year, obviously a junior this year, rushed for just a little over 2,000 yards, 2,028 to be precise. That's a lot. That's a big number. 32 touchdowns, Cameron, 32. And, and then the, the guy on the, on the defensive, they're, 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 so he, obviously he's our offensive player uh, preseason going into the season. Uh, and uh, our defensive uh, player of the year is Demarcus Hendricks, Who's a defensive end? He's being he's being uh, you know uh, recruited and pretty good. And service academies like him and all that. Uh, all he got, all he did last year was got get 14 sacks. That's all. You know, it was a long season, but he got he got 14 sacks. And the big question for them: Will they be as good? They're, they're going to win the district, but will they be as good as they were last year? Because they lost their quarterback, Tobias Weaver, who signed with Navy. He's at the prep school uh, this year as a freshman, 
they run the kind of option, that's why the Service Academy, like, because they run that veer, that, that, that option, midline option, all that. And so that gives them, not only do they have good athletes, but week to week that gives them an advantage over the opposition because nobody runs the veer anymore. So you've got to get uh, ready in one week to try to stop these guys. And it's, it's all slate of hand, you know, the option, and you got to breed and, and all of you. And if you mess up defensively, and Weaver was very good at running the option last year. Well, so. you talk about something that's hard to prepare for. Not only is it a team that has a ton of talent, but it's that, that system that yeah. teams are not used to playing against. Right. That makes you, it just you, you, you put doubly it, difficult yeah, you, to prepare yeah, you for. You put it together, and that's, it's, it's tough, you know. But you mentioned uh, Veterans Memorial. They were just in their first varsity season yes. a year ago. Yeah, what a now, <laughs> yeah, what a debut, right? Winning yeah. eight games. What a, yeah, what a what a memorable. Richard Mendoza did a good job there uh, with with them. Just get, he's building a program. He's another former Judson player. Jet, Jet, he played for the Judson Rockets, and he's built the program the same way. He says we're going to try to do it the right way and all. And and uh, they've done. They've just like I said, they got the second round. They're only lost. I think they lost one district game, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that was to, to Wagner. Wagner. And Wagner, you know, pretty much you know put it to him, but. Uh, but they put it to a lot of uh, they put it to a lot of teams and all, so that's uh, you know <clears throat> they're going to be good. But then you've got then you've got the rest of them. You know you've got uh, Brackenridge made the playoffs last year. Sam Houston made the playoffs. Those are old San Antonio school district teams. Uh, and, and talk uh, about the tradition at Brackenridge. Coach Willie Hall is going into his 25th season there. Yeah, yeah, un, as head coach. Just uh, yeah, just un, un, he's been around. He's synonymous with with Brackenridge. And then keep in mind that Brackenridge. Of course, it's a long time ago, but in 1962, won a state championship, and so they, they've never quite forgotten it. And and uh, and all in Sam Houston, Sam Houston. Watch Burbank; they finished six and four last year, finished with a better record than, than they did the year before, but uh, they did they didn't make the playoffs this time. But Phil Barone uh, at uh, Barone at uh, at uh, Burbank is boy, your heart goes out to those guys because they had a winning record last year, and uh, it'd been it'd been a while, and they just there haven't been a lot of winning seasons, but they've been few and far between. For Burbank, and then watch Lanier. Don Gatton uh, has been out there a long time, uh, coaching there. And then uh, you know Highlands could could be good, you know, with Hank Willis. So, yeah, it's it's. But you're right. It's it's Wagner, Veterans Memorial, and it's really a contest of who's going to get the other two playoff spots. In District 14-5A, Harlan and Southwest Legacy were both first-year programs at the varsity level last year. They had very different results uh, yep. last year. Harlan right up at the top, Southwest Legacy, still looking for that first varsity win. This is another interesting district. It is. It is. We've got, uh, let's see, what we've got five. There's a, it's a seven-team district, and we've got five schools in that. Harlan, Southwest, Harlandale, McCollum, and as you mentioned, Southwest Legacy. And you're right, you know, they beautiful school, beautiful. they got their own stadium and all, and uh, John Tarvin did a good job. Uh, but, boy, it's tough that first year. You know, it's, it's really... It's really tough, but uh, you know Harlan. Yeah, Harlan came out of it, and look, look what they did. Uh, you know, they, they, they had, they had a good run, and and uh, uh, Harlandale is one of the oldest, one of the old, one of the oldest schools. And then Southwest has been around. They, see, Southwest dropped. They were they were six A, and they dropped to five A, and and uh, they they won a district last year, so they're they're pretty good. Yeah, the other two teams I just want to mention really quick: Eagle Pass win and Laredo Martin. Or the others, yeah. But yeah, that's this is a. A really interesting district. Now, not too much success in the postseason last year. Right. Out of 14-5A, uh, but Harlan does have uh, Cannon Williams coming back, their quarterback. He is our he is our our, our, our Ken's five uh, offensive uh, preseason player of the year. He's a, yeah he's a quarterback. He's just a junior. So so watch him, Cannon Williams. And then on defense, it's uh, uh, Marcus Vega from Laredo uh, Martin. You know, so uh, he's a uh, he's a good player. I think he was a newcomer of the year last year as a sophomore. I think he's a junior this year. 
but it, it, it'll, it'll be a fun district. It'll be a fun district because those teams are, oh, there's not that much of a, of a gap. And watch for Southwest Legacy to, to take a step, move the, move the needle a little bit this we, year. We mentioned Harlan as sort of a feel-good story as a first-year varsity program making that, making that leap. Uh, Harlandale, I think, was another really feel-good story. Yes. Uh, real bounce back. The, uh, after a one-win season in 2017, to making yeah. the playoffs last season, going yeah, yeah. Uh, six and five overall. They've got Albert Torres, uh, who had been at Edison for years, and he he uh, replaced Isaac Martinez as head coach there at, at Hardale. And uh, when they only won one game, I said, "This is not going to last." I won't, I won't stand. He's too good a coach. Uh, he's a very, very dedicated coach. Sure enough, last year they came back and, and did a good job. And Harlandale, it's uh, there. Uh, obviously, it's Harlandale ISD. It's Harlandale and McCullum, the two schools. And, uh, and it's it's really something that they're separated by Southwest Military Drive, you know. And and on one side it's the McCollum, on the other side it's Hardale. It's a it's like a little town all into itself, you know, down there south. You know, south. It's almost it's San Antonio, but boy, there's a lot of pride at both of those schools. Harlandale, uh, you know, they've had some great players through the years. Tobin wrote many, many, many years ago, uh, who went to the NFL. Uh, I think he he played in the NFL championship game, played in the CFL championship game, played in the NFL championship. I think he's the only guy. He's not the only guy to win all three, but he's the only guy I think to play in all three championship games. So Harlandale has got tradition, and all it takes is just a little match to get it going. And you haven't really been to a game here until you go watch the Frontier Bowl. It's the Cowboy, you know, the Harlandale Indians against the McCullum Cowboys. I don't care what the records are, Cameron. They're going to fill up that Harlandale Memorial Stadium. I mean, they they tailgate and. The alumni come back. It's it's a happening. There yeah. are a few rivalry games in San Antonio. <laughs> That's one of them. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and now feels like a good time to talk about that. Maybe what are some of your other favorite uh, rivalry? The, the Holy Bowl comes to mind. Uh, Central the, Catholic. The Holy and, Bowl, and, Central and Catholic, Holy and, and Holy Cross is, is a good one. Of course, the Gucci Bowl. You know, uh, wouldn't you agree, Cameron, that to have a rivalry, it can't be too one-sided. That's you know? absolutely right. And 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 no knock at Clark, but Clark used to be one of the best had one of the best programs in the city and they've been in the wilderness here for a few years and Churchill's you know not hasn't been a state power but they're still good they still go to the playoffs they did real good a few years back they made it to the quarterfinals or the third round of the playoffs or whatever well Churchill's dominated that series so I don't know how much longer but they call it the Gucci Bowl and people say why do they call it the Gucci Bowl well because once upon a time Gucci was the you know exclusive thing and they, those were the the schools that were in more of the more affluent areas and, and I'm not saying that Churchill and Clark are not but uh, it's it's changed, you know, the, and, the, and and stuff. So I don't know. That's good with the Gucci Bowl. Then you've got the uh, the Salsa Bowl, which is one of the newest ones. That's Memorial and Kennedy, and they get into it. I mean, don't tell them that's not a big game because they they go out and they, again, they, they, doesn't matter what what their what their uh, records are and, and all that. So uh, yeah, there's there's uh, of course we 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 lost the uh, the big one, the Chili Bowl years back. It was it was Fox Tech and Lanier that boy people used to come in from out of state. And I'm not making exaggerations to come to that game, but they, it discontinued because Fox Tech dropped football. Fox Tech didn't close, but they didn't have enough people, so they just dropped. Boy, that was that was kind of a sad, sad day. District 145A D2 now. Uh, Kerrville Tyvee, I think, is the uh, leading the way. They're on a streak of 22 straight playoff appearances. Do you think they'll win the district again this year, David? Yes, they've they got some talented they got some talented people. Although they're they're. I say that I'm being wishy-washy now. Uh, they better not. They better not stumble because, uh, uh, or they better not look over their shoulder or whatever. Uh, old uh, Alamo Heights and Champion are, are, are tough. Champion has got that quarterback. What uh, is it? Lake Boyers or Luke Boyers? Luke Boyers. He is. 
that guy is good. I know last year uh, Keith Kaiser was telling me how good that young man is, and I think he would probably. I don't know. I don't know if he's being recruited very heavily. He's only five foot eleven, you know. So that's gonna, you know, uh, the scouts. But as far as a, he can he can play. He's he's a really good player. But but yeah, Tybee's got some. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got tradition there. They have that history of uh, great quarterback play, and this, mm. this year should be no exception. Are you talking about Johnny Manziel? <laughs> <laughs> Refer to him? Uh, yeah, they have, they've got uh, uh, Cole Mears. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. M-I-E-R-S. Uh, uh, heck of a quarterback. They always uh, have a good program at Tyvee. Uh, they, uh, they, they're, they're, they're tough in that town, boy. They, the Antlers, and they have that saying that, that uh, you know, uh, Tyvee fight never dies or something. They, that whole town goes out there on Friday nights. Quite a setting up in the Hill Country, folks. If you've never been on a game, you know, if you like high school football and you, and you want to go out to the Hill Country, go watch. If you're picking it somewhere, you know, that's that's not a bad place to go. It's it's a, a nice Friday night. That's a, a, quite a setting. Looking at some of the other teams in this district, uh, Medina Valley, Alamo Heights were both just sneaking into the playoffs last year. Do you see that happening again this year? Yeah, Heights. Heights. I actually think Heights. I've got them. I think Texas football. I think had champion two. I think Alamo Heights got to finish runner up. As good as Alamo Heights is, you talk about. Uh, I mean, as good as uh, champion is, I, I've got Heights over them. And you know, talking about quarterbacks, uh, they've got uh, Luke uh, uh, Boyer's uh, uh, champion does. Who's a prolific quarterback. You talk about a good high school dual threat quarterback. Uh, the Chargers have have, have have got one in in that young man. Boyer's is is tough. I know last year. Uh, and even this year, you know, Coach uh, Keith Kaiser, the coach at Champion, just can't stop talking talking about that guy. Uh, Mena Valley starting a new co a new era uh, under Lee Crisp. Uh, Chris Sosa, the coach there, uh, left to go to Beeville. And, and then who else is in that district? Lockhart and Uvalde? Kennedy and Memorial, Memorial rounding it out. Yeah, so some interesting rivalry games. I think I think what we, when we talk about some of these really great teams, you know, you, you think about 6A at first, but uh, Alamo Heights, Bernie Champion, Kerrville Tyvee, Anytime those three teams are playing each other, yes. man, that's going to be some really top quality football. That's going to be, um, that's going to be something. And then, you know, Memorial, boy, that was a tough situation for Memorial because the big story two years ago was when they they had never won a district championship, and, and Kemi Lewis in his second season uh, took them. They won a district championship. The whole side of, right there, that little community, they went crazy. They, they never, they always lost. They they there was a time I think they lost one time, fifty three games in a row years back in the 80s and stuff so they did real good so what does the uil do and realignment because at that time they were in a district with the sisd so what do they do they put them in with the hill country district and they so proof is in the, in the record and they, they just won one game last year they went from seven and four to uh, to one and nine but uh, and, and kennedy uh, also struggled mightily but those coaches kemi lewis uh, and then ben Menavides at kennedy Say, hey, our guys are resilient. They're going to keep fighting, and it's just, it's just tough. It's just tough because, yeah, they're in the same classification, but they don't quite have the same numbers. If, you know, if there's a 4A, uh, I mean, a 5A Division II, if you will, well, they're on the lower end of that Division II, whereas, you know, obviously there's a range of enrollment, mm -hmm. and they don't have the numbers, and, and also they don't have uh, uh, some of the advantages that those other schools have, but uh, they'll, your heart kind of goes out with those kids because they still compete hard. Another San Antonio district in 5A that's sort of mixed with some schools from outside our region. 15-5A, sort of the, the leader in that group would be Corpus Christi Cal Allen. Ooh, yeah. That is a powerful team, and uh, everybody else in that district kind of tr trying to play catch up, but Southside isn't that far off. No, Southside's good. They're, 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 we, you know, we've got them third. You know, we've got them going in there. Cal Allen, you know, they're, they're one of the uh, powerhouses, elite powerhouses. Uh, they're perennial power. 
uh, under Phil Danner, who is the winningest high school coach now in, in Texas uh, history. Wow. You know, so they're, they're, they're right. Uh, Cal Allen, is, it's not a separate town. It's in Corpus Christi. It's Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. Uh, but uh, it's right, out, right outside the, uh, it's in the city limits, but right when you get into 37 in the Corpus. Phil Danner's been there since the mid-80s, and what a job, what a job that, you know, he's done. And, and haven't won state yet. They've, they've come close, but they're. Semifinals last year. Yeah. They're knocking and on the door. And they've been to the finals. And then Portland Baca Calhoun. You know, watch them. You know, they're they're the sand they're, crabs, right? The sand crabs. They're that, that's, what, an awesome. what, uh, that's, that's an awesome. That's, Between them and the unicorns yeah. out of New Braunfels, I, that's, that's, we, we have enough bulldogs and falcons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, and then you got Southside as you mentioned, Gregory Portland, who again, that's they they've had a strong tradition for years. Then we have Somerset, which is where Sonny Detmer is, who's the father of Ty Detmer, the former uh, Heisman Trophy winner who played at uh, at Southwest for his dad before his dad went to Somerset. And uh, then you got uh, Floresville, then you got Alice, it's a little bit away. So we've got what, uh, Cameron, three schools in that? Southside, Somerset, and, and Floresville. Yeah. Okay. Can get overlooked, but definitely wanted to make sure our San Antonio teams in uh, 15 5A got their shout out here. Yeah, they will. They, they, we will, and we'll, we'll you know, there, there's, some, there's, some, there's some talent there. And Sonny Detmer's still at, at, uh, at Somerset, as I mentioned, and, and Ricky Locke does a great job at, uh, you know, at, uh, at Southside. And, and, uh, yeah, they'll, Floresville will be there, and you know they'll they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the mix. They'll be fighting for a playoff spot. Some of these five A teams will get a get a chance to really get featured a little bit more on Ken's Five. That one week of the season, I believe it's week six, where all the six A teams basically take, take the week off. Yeah, yeah it's o- October fourth. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's something the way that happens, right? Yeah, and it's, it's like you're, you're going, you're going, you're going. Oh, wait a minute! It's, it's not. It's not an accident. No, it's it's, it's definitely it's scheduled that way on purpose. Yeah, I don't know whether it's before they start. Di- well, no, because the teams are already playing in district, especially it's, especially those north side teams. Those north side teams are already play. playing. So I don't I don't know how how that uh, I don't know what there's any any rhyme or reason, but it is weird because you're you're already huffing and you're in a you're in a, you're getting your rhythm, you're in routine, and all of a sudden, hey. Where are all the six eight teams? Oh, they're all off. Oh, okay. It seems like the kind of thing that can either be really good or really bad for a team. It's not really too much in yeah. between. If, if the team is sort of dealing with some early injuries, uh, yeah. maybe a game or a bounce that didn't go their way, you get that extra week of practice and preparation. On the other hand, if things are clicking and rolling, suddenly you you're breaking that routine of preparing for the <sighs> yeah. Thursday or Friday night game, uh, and it, it can sort of allow the competition to maybe catch up if yeah. if they're putting in a new offense or breaking in a new quarterback or what have yeah. you. The team that had the early advantage maybe loses some of that advantage as the rest of the field catches up. So that's a really interesting thing. We'll keep an eye on how things yeah, that'd be shake, out, thing study. shake out in uh, in 6A. But, yeah, that week where all those 6A teams are off, the 5A really gets to shine. Yeah, and you'll, yeah they'll get theirs. They'll get theirs. A <laughs> couple more districts we want to recognize before we wrap things up here. Taps District 3 in D1. Uh, just a couple of San Antonio teams, and uh, that's Central Catholic and Antonian. They're in a district with some Houston area schools that are really, really good. Yes, uh, Houston St. Thomas, Houston St. Pius, and then Tumball Concordia Lutheran, and they put them in that new district. That's this is their second year to be in that district, and boy, they have to travel for district games. That's a lot of travel. But Houston St. Uh, St. Pius and Houston St. Thomas have been good for years. And they, they compete against some public schools in Houston and do, and do real, real well. So that's, that's tough. Uh, Antonian, uh, I have to mention, Antonian has two players. I was there yesterday, and boy, talk about some good-looking athletes. Uh, coach Van Fushak is the coach there. 
He was a, had a long career. He was uh, at MacArthur before he got out of public school coaching. After 2010 season, MacArthur made the state quarterfinals. They lost to Steele, which went on to, to win the state championship. But anyway, this this Antonian team has a guy named uh, uh, Khalil uh, Warfield, who's their quarterback, good-looking athlete, tall. He is signed with UTEP. Okay, and he's he's a tough guy. Then they've got Devin Grant, who's a defensive end, another big guy. He is not signed, committed. Uh, uh, Grant has committed to uh, Colorado. So this is a little old Antonian. So they've got some talent. And so right now, uh, they're ahead of, of Central Catholic. And, and uh, Mike Santiago at Central Catholic, the Central Catholic coach, said, you know, they're going to be real young. And so it's going to be a matter of, of how, uh, how quickly they can grow up and stuff. But uh, uh, that's going to that's gonna be a – that's always a good game. That's a little rivalry there, Antonian and Central Catholic. That's like – Boston College playing Notre Dame or something, you know. <laughs> Two Catholic schools, you know, uh, they don't quite like each other, okay? It's, so Long history there. Yeah. In TAPS D2, District 4 covers the San Antonio schools. There are two of them, and they compete against some schools from uh, Corpus Christi and Browns. We're talking about Holy Cross and San Antonio Christian. Yeah, Holy Cross, <clears throat> you know, I was saying earlier, if you, if you want to go watch a high school game, you want to go see kids that just play for the sheer joy, and they're going to they're going to be in, intense and all that. Your team to go watch is Holy Cross. They're a, a, obviously a Catholic school, a private school, but they're right in the middle of a barrio over there by uh, near St. Mary's by Arbadio, just a very poor area around there, but a lot of working class people, a lot of pride. Those kids, the the, the kids that go to Holy Cross. Their parents really sacrifice. That's not to say that the parents, the other private schools don't sacrifice. Everybody sacrifices, even the people that send their kids to public school. But you know what I'm talking about as far as private, because you've got to pay for the tuition and all. Well, those those are poor areas. That's a poor area, and they really sacrifice. There's kids that have been going there, gener you know, brothers and sisters going on. And so if you go there, and you see how they play, boy, they they love Holy Cross and they play hard. Mike Harrison is their coach. Perfect. He's just perfect for for Holy Cross. They love the guy. He coaches them hard, but he loves them hard, like they say. You know, he's a he's a heck of a coach. And uh, Holy Cross went seven and four last year. They won they won a district. You know, and I, as, as as you were saying, Cameron, uh, it's as Corpus Christi, John Paul II, Brownsville, St. Joseph, and San Antonio Christian. And, uh, and then I have to say this about San Antonio Christian. Uh, maybe we haven't done enough on that. Is that they're coached by a fellow named Henry Ellard, that was an All Pro wide receiver for the Rams years back, and he's he's a uh, you know, I think he wound up coming down here because I think his wife uh, had a job, got a job here, and he came down. He was on the, on the staff as an assistant coach, done a great job there, and people say he, he's just a great guy, you know, and stuff. And so we got to go out there and do a story yeah, on the him. Lions. Yeah, the, yeah, the Lions. Yeah, and and one of their 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 most uh, notable alums, I guess, would be uh, would it be Corey Corey Robinson that played at uh, David Robinson's son that played at Notre Dame that he got ahead. Unfortunately, he didn't get to finish. His, uh, he didn't go out. His, he quit before senior year because of the head injury. I mean, you know, he didn't want to risk getting another concussion. But yeah, they've they've got uh, you know they, they've got a good program out there. But uh, so it's 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 going to be interesting. And like I said last year, uh, Holy Cross goes three and zero in district and finishes seven and four. Didn't win a playoff game. And the thing about some of these schools, they said, well, we we want to win a playoff game because then you win a playoff game, you want to win another one and stuff. But it's hard to win that. It's hard to get the, get over that that hump sometimes. And Holy Cross, you said they're on the west side. They play their games out on the east side, though, at uh, Wheatley Heights, I believe. Yeah, they play at Wheatley, at Wheatley Heights. They, they don't have a stadium there and all. 
You know, another thing too, Cameron, is that that that's been different about this season is that, you know, back in the day, uh, not so long ago, it was the off season, and then it was summer, and then see you later, and we'll see you when we convene again, reconvene, uh, you know, in in early August for two days preseason workouts. Well. Then the UIL came in and said, okay, you know, we're going to let you. Coaches always used to open the gym, you know, they, and for you, and you could go lift weights, play basketball, whatever. But it wasn't sanctioned by the UIL, and the coaches couldn't coach you and stuff. They would just open the facility and all that. Well, then they had the strength and conditioning program where they said for six weeks, coaches can work out kids in all, in all sports, not only football, can work out kids and all and supervise them for X number of only four days out of the week for six weeks. Well, then this year... The UIL added this to the to the to the to the ball of wax. They said you can coach sports specific for two hours a week. So these football guys that throw and can't do much with alignment because it's no pads, obviously. But you can you know you can throw you can throw the ball and you can you can run plays and you can run team, but it's all two below and it's, it's all tag and stuff like that. So they so there's good side and bad side. Careful what you wish for, because I've had more than one coach tell me. It's a different kind of summer, and it'll shake itself out. They said, you know, uh, we got to make sure we don't burn the kids out. I know one coach that gave their kids like three weeks off in the summer. I mean, in July, rather, in July. And he says, we don't want to burn out the players, and we don't want to burn out the coaches. You know, because a lot of times those coaches are being paid very little or not at all, and they're going out there and, there's got to be time for families, you know, in right. summertime Absolutely. for vacation and stuff. So, so I only bring that up because it's it's added something. It's a new, it's a variable, you know. It's uh, and we'll see how that. And the coaches will will work, will do a good job of working with that, you know. And they'll they'll get adjusted, they'll adapt. But that's that was different this summer. So those kids have are pretty they're busy. Prepared. They're yeah, they're, they were busy. And you know, in a way, that's good. I'm, not in a way. I mean, it's always good when kids are busy and stuff. But you have to. Football is such a tough sport. You know, you're outside and it's yeah. summer. That's to say nothing of those seven-on-seven seven leagues in the yeah. summer. That's, yeah. I mean, That's changed. That's changed yeah. Texas high school football. Look at the way they throw the ball. It, it's it's professionalized yeah. almost. Yeah. And you're talking about it really 15, is. 16, 17-year-olds. But yeah. the number of reps they're getting yeah. is just so different than it was a generation oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the passing game is just something else. And there is some concern by some coaches that maybe it's going the way of all these select, like soccer, basketball. Yeah. And all, oh, and they always said... Football was the last bastion that, you know, where you it was kind of was kind of insulated against that. Well, now it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Proofs in the pudding, as they say. David, high school football kickoff just a few days away now. That first week, there are a couple really good games. Is there anyone in particular you have circled? Well, Johnson is playing Brandeis. That's going to be that's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be at Heroes this year. That's going to be a good a good game, and 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 just take a brand. They're in that Big Ten, like I said, so that's their only non-district game. So it's going to be, it's it's going to be a lot of talent uh, out there, and yeah. So the season starts what? Uh, yeah, August twenty ninth or thirtieth. Right, yeah, right, right. So it's just it's right, right, it's right around the corner, right and it's, there's nothing like it. Uh, and you know, people I've not met people from the north that come down and they go, "What is it about you guys in Texas high school football?" And I said, well, you've got to be here to know what we're talking about, and, it's, and you have to experience it and all. But, uh, but one of the reasons that it's so popular, too, is because these kids, they're our kids. They're, they're our kids. They, they've grown up around here. You know, if you go to college, you know, whatever, you know, it's guys are being recruited from out of state sometimes, other cities. Nothing wrong with that. That's the, that's the nature of the game. But high, high school, it's just, uh, it's, it's just different. And, 
and uh, especially here in Texas, you know, like even uh, even in our area, you have the, the the urban settings where we have our stadiums and you have the loyalties and all that. But then you go into the outlying areas, the smaller towns, Those hill country the, yeah. towns, when they all yeah. come together. They for, all come together that's, exactly, that's Cameron. What it, that's what those. Yeah. This, this is a mythology. Yeah, like a yeah. It's it's there's some certain romance to it in that, especially the smaller schools. You know, I remember we went to Falls City, which is class two way. And they've got all those, a lot of those small schools, they have a fence, a hurricane fence around the state. And you see the ranchers come. I'm getting, man, they, I don't want to sign right. I'm getting kind of chills. But, and, and, they, and they lean up against, they lean up against the, 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 the fence and they'll be watching them. In between plays, they'll talk about feed prices and about the cattle. Then they stop the ball again, they'll do that. Then they'll come back. And it's just really, it's, it's, it's and then the, uh, you know, the whole community, uh, it's a social event. Absolutely. The, the people go and, you know, you can have everybody from the town drunk to the mayor. You know, they're going to be there. They're going to be pulling for their team. You have the, the peewee players who are all wearing the, the their yeah. uniforms yeah. and the, the cheerleaders and the band. Yes. And it, it really is uh, something it, special. It, it, and it really in it's production, whether it's there or then when you come here and you're at Judson or you go to Brand, is that I know Jim's treaty, uh, uh, you know, who's a, certainly a good authority, said, Think about high school football. It's a production. You know, yeah, the game's the game. The game's a centerpiece. But then think about it. You got the band, you got the cheerleaders, you got the drill teams, you got all, you got the, the honor, you know, the honor guard, the, the ROTC. There's a lot of people involved in putting that game on, not not just the coaches and the players. You know, stuff. So it's it's just really it's it's a phenomenon. It really is in, in Texas, it really is a a, a phenomenon. It's a visual phenomenon. It's a great storytelling phenomenon. We'll have all of that for you on Ken's 5 and kens5.com throughout the season. Thanks so much for joining us. For David Flores, I'm Cameron Songer. See you next time. Thank you.